I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, help me to minister to these single people. Holy Spirit, do what I can't do, and that is to go into crevices of their hearts so that change can take place spiritually and manifestation can take place naturally. Give them wisdom on what to do to get out of some entanglements that they are in. Give them strength to endure the single journey until you bring into manifestation the right person for their lives. Thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders following the word today. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you so much for watching and joining us. I have one announcement before I jump into the message today. Um, how many did not get a ticket? If you did not get a ticket, raise your hand and our ushers are going to bring you a ticket. Now, you cannot get more than one ticket. That is called cheating. Okay, so get your ticket and then once you have your ticket, you're going to fill out the uh, the name, phone number, email address. And here's the encouragement. Keep your hands up, and once you have them, you can put your hand down. Okay, so ushers, uh, look closely. Their hand's still up. Uh, so here's the deal. You're going to take this after each service because we're going to be giving away tickets every single Sunday. And so what happens is if you come to church every Sunday, you will have four chances in the box to win the $2,000. Here's what's really amazing. I would love to see this. What if someone won twice? See, if you got four tickets in there, the, the chances of them pulling your name twice is there too. Boy, that would be amazing if that happens. So anyway, uh, keep your hands up and they're going to pass these out. So the encouragement is this. I believe some things, uh, some impartations are tangible. I believe there are some things that are going to happen that can only happen when you're here. I know there are people watching, but I believe, too, that uh, those of you who are here, God's going to do something amazing in your life. Amen? All right. So I'm starting a new series entitled uh, Better Together. Everybody say Better Together. And this series has a twofold purpose. It is for me to be able to minister to our married couples and then to address things in marriage that would help them be stronger and help them have healthier marriages. And then, of course, the second reason is to minister to you as singles so that you can maximize your single life and then hopefully prepare yourself for any future marital relationships, but not just marital relationships as well, but any relationships in general. So if you're visiting us today and you're married, 
uh, your service was actually at nine o'clock, but that's okay. I still want you to sit in this service. You'll learn something, I believe. But I think most of all, what you will get out of this service as a married person is be thankful of the reason you got married. Amen. So, uh, the message title today actually message, uh, matches the series title, which is Better Together. Say that one more time. Say Better Together. Now, the purpose of the message for the singles today is to show you as a single why you are better together with Jesus than you are with anybody else. I'm going to say that again until I get everybody to say amen. The purpose of the message today is to show you as a single why you are better together with Jesus than you are with anybody else. Amen. Amen. And here's the reality check. Here's the reality check. Christ is the key to everything you will ever need and you are better together with him. So here's what I'm going to do today with the message. I'm actually going to give you some candy up front. See, normally when you go to dinner, you normally order an appetizer. Then, you know, you order the entree and then after you eat the entree, they come by and they show you this tray, depending on what kind of restaurant you're at. And they or they give you a menu and it shows you the desserts that you can pick from. Well, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you the desserts up front because after the dessert, the entrees are going to be real heavy. All right, so let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And if you need a copy of the notes today, raise your hand and our ushers will give you those as well. But uh, I want to start in Philippians chapter 4. Most of you know this verse, but I want to actually put a spin on the verse and help you see the verse. Watch this from a single person's perspective. Amen. And you have to understand as a single person, if you view singleness as an eternal state, You will miss out on the growth and what God's trying to do in you and through you while you're single. See, see, singleness is just a season. It's not a permanent state. Say amen to that. Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, watch what it says in verse uh, 19. But my God shall supply. Everybody say, shall supply. Shall supply how much? All of your what? Need according to what? His riches and glory that are going to come by who? By Christ Jesus. So Christ Jesus is the key to all of your needs being supplied based on what we just read. So what I want to do is just kind of give you a glimpse of what what the key words mean in this verse. And then we're going to jump into the lesson today. So he said, God shall supply. The word shall supply is one word actually in the Greek. And it means, listen, it means to furnish, to execute, to complete, and to satisfy. So when the devil wants to tell you, you'll never get married, if, listen, if needing to get married is a need in your life, he said he's going to satisfy that. So it means to furnish, to execute, to complete, and to satisfy. As a matter of fact, Colossians chapter 2 verse 10 uses this word, shall supply. It says, and you are complete in him or in Christ. So listen. In Christ, if I am complete in him, then he says he shall satisfy all of my what? Need. Now, the word all means whatsoever. I like that because that's not just limited to something tangible. It's also including of anything that I may want, have, 
need or desire. He's saying he shall supply all whatsoever. And then the word need there, listen to this. This is the dynamic. It means business, lack, necessity, or wants. I love that because Psalm says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. One. And then he says he's going to do all that based on his riches in glory. I like that because it has nothing to do with my financial state for God to meet my needs. The word riches there means wealth, possessions, and abundance. Everybody say wealth, possessions, and abundance. Can I give you a, a, a public service announcement? God is not struggling. I'm going to say it on this side. I said God is not struggling. Sometimes you can get in a state that you think God's in that state. God, look at your neighbor and say, God's not struggling. Amen. So let me reread that verse with all of the definitions in it. But my God shall furnish, complete, and satisfy whatever business, lack, or necessity, or wants. And it's going to be according to his wealth, his possessions, and his abundance in Christ Jesus. It sounds like to me that Jesus is the key to what I need. Amen. I, some of y'all looking for some, 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 some men to, to pay your bills. Some men maybe looking for some women to pay your bills. I don't know. But I tell you what, you don't need a man to pay your bills. You already got the man, the man Christ Jesus. And he don't have to leave something on your dresser after he does it. Glory be to God. See, I was, I was single the last time I did this, but see, I'm married now, so guess what? I'm gonna be unfiltered. Cause see, some of y'all, you need to get your, you need to get your life straight. It's getting hot in here. Stop taking off all your clothes. <laughs> Let me say spiritual. It sounds like to me that Jesus is the key. In other words, your life as a single person, watch this, is better with Christ than it is with anybody else. Why? Because Jesus is the key to your supply. So here's the question I want to jump into. If Jesus is the key to every single person's need, then why would you chase everything but him? I mean, even Matthew 6.33 says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all the things you need shall be added to you. So why chase decoys if they are not guaranteed to bring you fulfillment? This question actually leads us to point number one of our lesson today. And here's point number one. It takes revelation to cause separation. Now, here's what I mean by that. If Jesus is all you need and he's promised to supply everything you want and desire, he said he will satisfy you. If that's being the case, then why do you chase decoys? It has to be something. Listen, that means you don't have a revelation of who Jesus really is in your life. Because if you had a revelation, it will cause you to have separation. In other words, the only way that a single person 
is going to remove, disconnect, avoid, push away, ignore, delete, block, relinquish, abandon, quit, renounce, discard, disregard, withdraw, leave behind, or vacate things or people that are going to be a distraction or a deterrent. In order for them to do that and pursue Jesus, they must have a revelation and an insight regarding his value in their life. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read a verse. And this verse, watch this. I got a revelation of this verse when I was single. Not the second time. First time. Because see, if you don't get a revelation, you won't experience a separation. See, there are some people you are connected to that you shouldn't be. And because you don't have a revelation, you have no desire or need of separation. But see, I'm going to show you today that when you get a revelation that he's all I need, are you, you mean to tell me I don't have to have five side dudes? Five? I mean, the woman at the well had five husbands and the one she was with wasn't hers. I got a revelation of this verse. I'm going to read the verse. And then I'm going to tell you the revelation. Galatians chapter 5. This was Paul talking to the book, uh, the, the, the church in Galatia. And what had happened is they had some people in their ear that shouldn't have been. And so it got to the point where these people that was in these people's ear was causing these people now to believe things they shouldn't believe. So he picks up now in verse 7. He says, Galatians, I'm saying it to the singles here. Singles, you did run well. But who hindered you that you should stop obeying the truth? Stop believing what you believe. He said this persuasion, this person did not come from him who called you. And you know what? A little leaven is going to leaven the whole lump. And I have, But I have confidence in you that you will be none otherwise minded. Listen to the New Living Translation of that verse. He said, listen, you were running the race so well. You were, listen, you were holding yourself. I'm going to wait till I get married and then I'll get involved. But somewhere Junior convinced you. Sheila sent you a couple of photos. Stirred up your flesh. You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God. For he's the one who called you to freedom. Freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. See, when you are a believer, the devil's job is to get you to believe the lie. That God is taking too long to give you what you want. So you must take matters into your own hands. I don't care. And I'm not just talking about relationships. Because some of you all got some things you want to do. Well, I feel the Lord's calling me to do this. Yeah, but even if he's calling you to do it. Maybe, just maybe, the call ain't matching the time frame you got in your head. And see, because the devil works in the realm of the flesh, he will use your own desires to deceive you into thinking that what you want is from God and it is not. It is from you. 
So now I'm about to hit you with something. This is a triple shot of Starbucks caramel macchiato with extra, 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 extra caramel in it. Are you ready for this? Until you can trust God with your needs, you will always be your own supply. Mmm. I slapped everybody in here. Pat, 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 pat. I'm going to say it again. Until you can trust God with your needs, you will always be your own supply. And let me tell you something. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord make you rich and add no sorrow, which means the blessing of yourself makes you sorrow and makes you broke. Everybody say it takes revelation to cause separation. Now, I'm going to tell you this story. Some of y'all who've been with me for a while already heard it. That's fine. Faith comes by hearing. So years ago, I think I was around 20, uh, had to be 24. I'm living with a lady named Miss Johnson. She's like my grandmother. And uh, she lived in a house on the corner of a street. Now, the street that we were living on had two halves. The first half of the street was way at the top and it was a two-way. But once that separating street, once you hit that, it was a one-way. So there could be some people that lived at the top of the street that I would never see because instead of coming all the way down, they just turned back up because it was a two-way street. So one day I'm outside and I'm washing my car. And uh, as I'm washing my car... This car goes by. I just looked up. Two ladies in the car. I waved, They waved at me. I waved at them. Car keeps going. Holy Spirit says to me, distraction. I'm like, distraction? I didn't even, I just waved at them. I, 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 I didn't say nothing. I didn't ask for their phone number. They didn't ask me for mine. I didn't get it. They looped back around. This time they came around, they stopped, rolled down the window, say, hey, we're your neighbors from up the street. I'm thinking, I ain't never seen y'all. So we start talking or whatever, and I gave them my name, they gave me their name, and they just, then they just left. And then, and the Holy Spirit said, distraction. I said, what is this distraction? I didn't give them my phone number, they didn't give me their phone number, I ain't trying to get their phone number. And next thing you know, two days later, no, the next day, I lived with Miss Johnson. This is back in the day, young people, that they had phone books. Okay? A phone book was a big book about this thick that the telephone company passed to, out to everybody. You'd wake up one morning and there's this big old thick book on your porch. The purpose of the book Well, so you can find anybody's phone number you wanted to. So, this young lady went in the phone book. She knew Miss Johnson lived there. She knew the address. She got Miss Johnson's phone number and called. Miss Johnson, the phone rings. I know the phone ringing. Don't nobody got that number except for my mama and my daddy. I don't use Miss Johnson's phone number. Plus, I had one of those old school, big old cell phones. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Miss <laughs> Johnson says, Evan, the phone is for you. 
I'm thinking, this is odd. <laughs> I get on the phone and it's the young lady. She, she said, oh yeah, this is someone dope. Yeah, we are. I said, yeah, oh, okay. So long story, nice girl too. Cause the devil will never send you what you don't like. Oh my God. <laughs> He's not going to send you what you don't like. That's counterproductive. Good looking girl. Educated. Loved the Lord. Parents loved the Lord. Good stock. Came from a great family. All that kind of stuff. So we went out a couple of times. I'm talking about like bowling and something else. And I mean, I didn't sleep with the girl or nothing. And so I, I thought to myself, hmm. I don't need to be tangled up with somebody I don't need to be tangled up with. So I need to talk to the Lord about this girl before I get involved with this girl. Because you can get soul ties in several ways. One of them is just talking on the phone. That's how you, you, you don't get in the bed before you heard what was said. Oh, no, no. You got talked into bed. You don't get in the bed. Nobody said nothing. I mean, if that's you, boy, you really weak. I'm telling you, you weak. You weak. You are weak. You are desperate. I mean, if a guy got you in the bed and he didn't say nothing. My God, I got about 10 fish tanks in the bank for, in the back for sale. If you want to sell, buy some. So. I was going out on business that, that week. I was going to be out for a whole week out of town. I said, I tell you what, let's do this. Cause she was a believer. Okay. And so some of y'all think, well, they're Christian. So that means we equally yoke. No, it don't. So anyway, uh, I talked to, you know, so the whole week go by. And so here's the big first sign, first sign, first sign, day three or four, she calls. I said, Did, Hey, we, we agreed to not talk. So anyway, I fasted and prayed. That sounds real spiritual, don't it? So then at the end of the week, I'm like, Lord, is this girl for me? And I heard myself say, thou she is. That is the woman of God for your life. It was my flesh, but it sounded like my spirit. I'm going to show you why you are getting wrong answers. Even though you're asking the right question. I heard God. I thought God said yes. Because see when your flesh is high. You can't discern the difference. I'm going to show you what it is in just a minute. So anyway long story short. Fast forward. I had to have it. So I'm thinking the Lord told me yes. But something on the inside, you know, I just, at the time, I didn't have a whole lot of people in my life. And this is why you are better together with others. Amen. Because sometimes you need others to help you discern what you think God is saying to you. I didn't have that at the time, so to speak. But anyway, long story short, something came in my spirit. Because you should never get an answer that is not a reflection of the word. Peter didn't even saw a vision. Remember, Jesus took him on the mountain. He says, uh, uh, 
they went up there and they saw a vision and, and God said to them, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. And so, uh, when, and then Jesus told him, he said, listen, uh, don't tell nobody about what y'all saw until I done re- resurrected. That's what he said. So then Peter is writing the first book of Peter. In the first book of Peter, he says, oh, 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 guess what? Uh, I have a more sure word of prophecy. He said, oh, I know what I saw on the mountain with Jesus, but I have a more sure word of prophecy. He was talking about the word. So the word ought to govern your life. And so in my spirit, all I heard was, you did run well. Who did hinder you? You did run well. Who did hinder you? I'm thinking, what is that? So I got my Bible concordance out and I looked up, you did run well. And guess what? It happened to be Galatians chapter five, verse seven, which I didn't even know that was, I, I read the Bible. That's why you got to put the Bible in you. Cause when you need it, it will surface. So I look up the verse and it says, I did, you did run well. Who did hinder you from obeying the truth? This persuasion comes not from him who calls you. Jesus said to me, Eben, I didn't send her. Now, see, I had a choice at that moment to obey him or obey my flesh. Amen. Say amen to that. So listen, here's the thing. When you're a believer, the devil's job is to get you believe, to believe the lie that God's taken too long. And because he works in the flesh, he uses your own, your own desires. So here's a strong saying. Why is it that although you may know something is wrong or something is off, you keep going? It may not even be the right timing for you, but what makes you still want to try it or buy it? Hug it and love it. Take it and fake it. What makes you want to do that? It's because as believers, listen, the challenge is to discern the difference between what's good and what's God. Because, see, what's good may not always be God, but what's God would always be good. The New Living Translation of James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father who created all lights in the heavens. What makes you say you want to know God's will about something, but you never seem to get the right answer? Because, see, some of you all have been deceived by the things you wanted, thinking that the Lord told you to do it. Here's point number two. This is where I'm going to land right here. This is going to be tough right here. Deception will always block reception. I'm going to say that again. Deception will always block reception. What am I saying? I'm saying once you believe a lie that the devil tells you, and his lie is going to always contradict What Jesus said he would do. Jesus said he'll supply how much of your need? All of your need. So once you believe the lie that, oh, God don't want you, he don't want you married, or, oh, uh, uh, she just hating on you. That's why she said he ain't the one for you. But whatever the reason is, once you are deceived, deception now will always block reception. You will never be able to hear right. You can't hear good, watch this, when your flesh feels good. Oh, I'm going to say that again. You can't hear good when your flesh feels good. Once a person believes a lie about something, then deception becomes, listen, the filter by which they see things. So here it is. You don't know. You done bought a lie from the devil. You know how on Wheel of Fortune you buy a vow? 
Well, when you buy a lie, when you believe a lie, you bought a lie, right? Well, deception comes in. And now the filter that you see through is not clear. Now, see, I just had on some clear glasses. I can see everything. I can see clearly now. But, yeah. (laughs) But now, everything looks shaded. It looks brown in here. And the sad thing about it is, I'm not seeing what you're seeing, but I'm convinced that what I'm seeing is the right thing. When you can see, oh my God, Pastor Evan is off right now. But but listen, but you don't think you are because you're looking through a filter that's driven by what you want. When you want something so bad and you think God is okay with you having it, but he's not, then watch this. Self-manufacturing becomes the method of supply. And deception happens when you believe the lie that God's way of getting whatever it is will not work or doesn't fit into your life schedule. Because a lot of us have problems, not with what God said he can do, but when he's going to do it. When you going to do it, God? And some of y'all in this room think you're forcing God to do what you want him to do. That ain't how God works. You can't blackmail God. Stick him up, God. You said I'm going to be married. I'm about to turn 45 right now. What you going to do, God? What you... So you pursue something or you pursue somebody in the name of God wants you to do it or have it when God hasn't moved or said a word. And see, God's timing will always keep you aligned with the favor you need to receive his best. So here's what happens when deception kicks in and you feel that you need to supply your own needs. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 13. And this is what a lot of single people do. He says, for my people, my single people at Word of Truth Family Church and those who are watching me, they've committed two evils. They have forsaken me. The person who said he will supply all their needs, their satisfies, their desires and their wants, they've forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they have cut out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can't even hold no water. Listen to the living Bible. He said, for my people have done two evil things. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living, giving water, and they have built for themselves broken cisterns that can't even hold water. You become thirsty for things you will never, that will never quench your thirst. Look at your neighbor and say, I didn't know you was that thirsty. Go on and tell him. 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 So you end up in multiple marriages, multiple relationships. Multiple jobs, multiple business deals, multiple bad decisions. And next thing you know, you're doing that because you're deceived. See, deception is like bad breath. You don't know you have it. So just look at your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you. Go on and cover your mouth. Go on and cover your mouth. The reality of it is you don't have the revelation that Jesus is the key to everything. So so here's the question. I'm almost finished. How do you get out and stay out of deception? Let me take these off because I need to look at you. 
How, how do you get out and stay out of deception? Because here's the problem with deception. You can get out, then you get back in. Put your right foot in, you put your right foot out, you put your left foot in, and then you... Uh-huh, you do the... What in the world is a hokey pokey? What is that? How do you get out of deception and stay out? Here's my question. Are you willing to hear and adhere? This is where now you must trust the Jesus in others so you can properly hear the Jesus in you. Oh, I'm going to say that again. See, if you're going to get out of deception and if you're going to stay out of deception, this is when you must trust the Jesus in others so you can properly hear the Jesus in you. See, I'm telling you what I've done lived through. This is why first ladies in my life, she's not in my life because I just wanted her. She's in my life because God wanted me to have her. See, I trusted the process, not just in me. I can hear from God, but see, when decisions are big enough to change your life, you can't make them by yourself. I said, oh no, oh no, oh no. What I'm going to do, and y'all saw the interview, but see, the reality of it is, I'm minding my own business. See, some of y'all don't trust God enough to even ask him the question, Lord, do you even want me married? Oh, Jesus do you trust him enough to even ask that? Some of y'all don't trust him, so you ain't going to ask him because your desires are so bad. It's like, oh, no, I ain't going to ask him that because I want to be married. No, 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 no. Pastor Evan was like, Ooh, wait a minute. I'm 58. 57 at the time. Seventy-five percent of me. I'm good. I I don't need to get married. I'm going to make work my wife. I can come and go and buy as much Gucci as I want to. I can come to the church building at 2 o'clock in the morning, get me some oil and anoint every chair and fast and pray. And I ain't got to say nothing to nobody. I'm good. But what I know better of is to not involve God in what I'm doing. So I'm minding my own business. I'm, this is going to be on next week. I'm doing the business of the Lord. Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. I ain't looking for nobody. I'm doing my father's business. Pastor Lisa calls me one day and says, Pastor, Dr. Nix has asked, can he use the foyer for his book signing event? I said, well, Pastor Lisa, did you tell him no? I said, you already know the rules. I let one member do it. I got to let every member do it. Did you tell him no? No, I didn't tell him no. I said, she said, I just told him uh, to call you, that's why I'm giving you a heads up. I said, well, I'll just call, I'll just tell him no when he called me. And then she said something crazy. She said, will you pray about it? Well, to be honest with you, I didn't want to pray about my own rules. Are you crazy? But then I didn't want to seem unspiritual and be like, no, I ain't praying. Well, what pastor says that? So I prayed about it. 
And the Lord told me to do it. Crazy. So I had to have a staff meeting. I had a staff meeting. My staff knows this. I said, hey, listen, um, I'm going to let Dr. Nix use our foyer for the building. I said, but I know the rule. The rule is we don't do that. I say, but the Lord told me to do it for whatever reason. I don't understand why. I say, so if any other member come to you and say, well, why did Pastor Evan let him use the building and nobody else? I say, send them to me. Don't even try to explain it to them. So it's time for the book signing event. I found out he wants me to open it up with prayer. I ain't got no problem with that. I'm a pastor. I pray. So, found out, he's got a sister who he asked to be the moderator for the event at the last minute. I don't know her. (laughs) So, the way Pastor Lisa had the setup, she had a little stage out there. And she had seats, you know, like this and like this. And so, I had to sit on the front row. It don't look right for me to be praying. And I'm coming from the back. So I'm sitting on the front. Cherise is sitting on the front. Interesting. (laughs) Who is this lady? She looks interesting to me. I was 75%. No. 25%. Yeah. So, you know, we start talking, you know, and so we kind of go on with each other and stuff. And I noticed that. She starts sweating. It ain't hot enough to me. She's like, are you the pastor of this church? I said, well, well, why don't the air conditioner work in this church? I said, the air conditioner work in this church. Why are you so hot right now? Oh, my God. This is my version, praise the Lord. So anyway, we start badgering each other back and forth, back and forth. And uh, something in me was like, there's something about this lady. Now, I didn't go in there looking. See, that's y'all's problem. Got your telescope. (laughs) So, here's a part of the story you don't know. So Madison, her 10-year-old at the time, she's 11 now, uh, they had passed our tickets to win a door prize. The main door prize was an iPad. Well, I'll never forget when Madison got her ticket, she was excited because I got my ticket the same time as hers. So she was really excited. Now you have to understand, I don't know her. So her brother puts his hand in the thing and guess whose ticket gets called? Madison's. And she's excited. But then her uncle's like, oh, that's my niece. I'll get her one. Let's do another drawing. Oh, my God. I saw her face just go sad. She went from glad to sad just like that. And I thought, man, I can't tell Dr. Nix what to do. It's his event. So I said, you know what? I'm going to buy her an iPad. That's what I said. Because y'all know what I'm going to give her anyway. So... Uh, I told the mom, I said, you know what, I'm going to buy Madison an iPad. And so I asked Pastor Lisa to buy the iPad. Pastor Lisa bought it. She gave it to Dr. Nix. Dr. Nix gave it to Sharice. And Sharice gave it to Madison. And so when she got it, Sharice inboxes me because she don't have my phone number. 
and says in her sweet voice, Hi, Pastor. Thank you so much for your generosity for Madison's iPad. We did receive it. And I wanted to say, Hey, what you doing? I promise you, I wanted, I just wanted to be like, hey, what, what you, you know, but, but, but now I, I was like, no, I'm 75%. No, 25% Jesus. So I just gave her like a, a response that any of y'all could have. I said something like, no problem. It's nice being generous or some, some real bland, right? So long story short, there was a connection. So fast forward. Because I done taught y'all on what to do when these steps in dating. And one of them, when you meet, then you need to, well, when you greet, that's the first one. Then you meet before you seat. So I was like, I need to do some research on this girl. That's what the internet is for. Talk about, I didn't know he was married. You didn't research. You can research everything else and you mean to tell me you didn't know this man was married? The devil is a lie. You didn't want to know. You didn't want to know that he's playing you. Keep it up. Anyway. So anyway, she posted a picture. It was somebody's birthday. Baby, you remember whose birthday? Something was going on. And she posted a picture of her, her mom, and her dad, and her and Sam. And her and Sam are a year and a half apart. So when I see the picture, Dr. Nix, whatever, he was, everybody was smiling. But he looked like he was, like, frightened. So I told him, I said, Dr. Nix, man, your sister did you wrong on that picture. So anyway, I'm trying to find out how old this girl is because I know I'm older than she is. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out. So I'm researching. So anyway, Dr. Nix was going through uh, superintendency. And so he had several options. And so he was running these things by me. So he called me one day. He said, Pastor, can I come by the house? I need to talk to you about uh, some offers that I have. I was like, come on by. He never does that. So he came out. So he told me and we talked through it and everything. So then I hit him with the question at the end. I said, Dr. Nix, can I ask you something? <laughs> he said, what is it? I said, uh, would you have a problem if I became friends with your sister? I mean, I didn't want him to be like, why is he macking up on my sister? My pastor is, no, I wanted to ask him. He gave me permission. So then I found out through means that I was kind of older than she was. <laughs> But I'm young at heart, though. I'm young at heart. I'm, I'm young at heart. I'm young at heart. So then, this is turning out longer than what I wanted. Okay. So, so let me just put it right here. So when I realized, I think this, this, this I think this lady is my my wife. You have to understand. I ain't never, I, I ain't never had a connection like this in my life. Period. And I'm like, this is, this is. So I said, Lord, I prayed two prayers. I said, Lord, uh. And, 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 and listen, I didn't tell nobody my prayers, not even my first, my, my best friend. He normally knows everything. I was keeping this to myself. I said, I don't know. If God can answer these prayers, this is God right here. First prayer was, Lord, 
if this is my wife, I need you to talk to Lisa Fuller about that. Now, Lisa had never, Lisa met her for the first time at the book signing herself. So it would have to be a spiritual thing. I said, so you need to talk to Lisa Fuller about it. I want you to talk to Lisa Fuller about it. And then I said, I, I said, I need you to talk to somebody I don't even know about it. They don't know me. I don't know them. Long story short, after a staff meeting one day, we're probably a month and a half in. Lisa Fuller calls me, Pastor Lisa calls me in her office. I'm thinking she's going to talk about money. I sit down and she says, uh, Pastor, I ain't trying to get in your business. I ain't trying to matchmake. I ain't never done that. And I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to get in your business. She said, but, I, but I, I think I found the person, a good person for you. I was like, really? I said, who is it? She said, Dr. Nixon's sister. And on the inside, I'm going, yes, Lord. She done heard from God and don't even know it. So I asked her for some reasons. She said, tell me the reason. So all the reasons she had are the reasons I had. And so finally I said, Pastor Lisa, I said, let me tell you something. I asked God to talk to you about that. And here you are talking to me about it. She was like, for real? I was like, girl, God used you in your pastor's life. (laughs) What's my point? Deception can't stay when you have godly people in your life. So let's close with this. Let's close with this. Let's close with this. First Corinthians 15.33 says this. Be not deceived. Which means it is possible to not be deceived. Be not deceived. Watch this. Evil communications or evil company corrupts good manners. So listen church. Listen to this revelation. So if bad company can corrupt good manners or character. Then the opposite of that is true. Good or godly company encourages good and godly character, which means that God wants to use people that are around you to help you with your walk and keep you out of deception. The problem is you have people in your circle that are unequally yoked with what you believe. Who do you have in your circle of friends? That love God enough and love you enough to always tell you the truth and not just what you want to hear. And that's where I'm going to land this ship right now. Because see, some of y'all. But pastor, I grew, we was in the fourth grade together, but she's a hoe. Ushers, she's a hoe, and you know she's a hoe because she tells you she's a hoe. So you mean to tell me you're going to have hoes as friends and not be a hoe? That's why you're struggling. No, 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 no. You don't have a flesh problem. You have a friend problem. You was doing fine. I'm talking to guys too. God wants you to be abstinent. Three words. Abstinent. He wants you to be that way till you get married. You're supposed to have one rib, not a rack. Don't go to Jesus. No! Not a rack of ribs. One rib. 
So how do we apply the word today? How do, how do we do it? 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 How do we apply the word today? Number one, you need to be real with you so that God can deal with you. You must be real with you so God can deal with you. Number two, ask God this question. Am I pursuing things or people or places that you don't want for me or does not fit your timing for my life? Ask God that question. Number three, ask God what is keeping you from trusting him because watch this, the only reason deception takes place is when we believe a lie. And the only reason we believe a lie because somewhere we stop trusting. And then number four, man, you're going to have to listen to this message over and over and over. Listen, until you get faith enough to fully trust God in every area of your life. Because let me tell you what I am a byproduct of. I am a byproduct of faith and trust in God and that he will work things together for your good and give you his best for your life if you will trust him all the way. I would rather be married for the first time at 60 years old than to suffer when I, listen, marry the wrong person at 40 and go through hell the rest of my life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm not sure what God is trying to say to you. Holy Spirit, bring conviction, bring a sense of uneasiness to those who are here where you're trying to get their attention. Because some of them have believed some lies and it has misdirected their life to the point that now they're suffering because of it. And I hear the Lord saying to me, there are several of you in this room that have made some bad and poor decisions. And now the repercussions of those decisions are are what you're partaking of. And he's saying the first thing you need to do before he gets you out of that mess, he says, I need you to confess that you made the mess. It's called repent. So I just want you to take the time right now. Wherever the Holy Spirit is leading you to confess and repent, you need to do it right now. Because see, God can't bless deception. Hallelujah. And Father, I thank you for the word falling on good ground. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you that it's fallen on good ground. Thank you, Jesus. And it is going to produce 36 and 100 fold in the lives of those who hear it. And it's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Here's the question. If you, if you died today and you're not.